What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Table Talk. I'm your girl, Amber Latrice, and I am so excited to talk to you guys today. Today, I am joined by the lovely Joelle. What's up, Joelle? Hi, Amber. Oh, man. Today, we are going to jump into some super amazing things. But before we get there, let me allow Joelle to tell you all a little bit about herself. Well, I was born and raised in New Jersey, spent the first 18 years of my life there before I went to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, And at Pitt, I studied rehabilitation science as my undergraduate major and got my master's in occupational therapy. Um, So I'm really passionate about serving people and helping them to live the fullest lives possible. Um, I then traveled down to Texas, where I've spent the last three years of my life working as a pediatric occupational therapist. And I am currently now outside of the United States, living and serving throughout a region of the world where it is most unreached with the gospel. So just passionately pursuing Christ in all the places that I go. Man, Joelle is being a little humble right now, which is okay. It's so good. It's amazing. But like she is a freaking beast and something that she's amazing at is meeting people exactly where they are. So in that space, it doesn't matter if like she said, she was doing her OT or right now we're currently working in Moria or I shouldn't say working, we're volunteering in Moria refugee camp and just getting to watch her meet them where they are is super amazing. So, Joelle, to kick this thing off, to lay a foundation, um, when did you first realize that that was a gift that you had, that you had this beautiful gift and desire to meet people exactly where they are? That is a really good question, Amber. It's interesting because at a very young age, I have been very drawn to people who are hurting, to people who look sad, are in pain. And that's something that even my family recognized about me. Uh, My mother specifically would speak mercy over me at a very young age, calling me an angel of mercy. I often recognized when adults were really going through a trial or hardship or suffering. And at that age, frequently asking questions that I was not able to to handle the answers to, but also knowing that a hug and simply asking and being present with people Mm. had an extremely powerful impact on them and in their lives. Uh, So it started at a very young age and truly just continued to grow in that direction. I (laughs) continued serving people Um, as I grew older. I was volunteering in the hospital and the emergency Uh, in the emergency department, as well as the geriatrics department for several years throughout high school. Um, I've had the opportunity to serve and volunteer in the veterans hospital, as well as the um, pediatric hospital, in a major pediatric hospital in Pittsburgh, and continuing to serve people in all of the jobs and the careers that I've chosen. I was privileged to be both a personal care assistant and a camp counselor at a camp for children and adults with physical and cognitive disabilities, and it just continued to propel me into this career as an occupational therapist, which I'm extremely passionate about. So you 
mention man having this passion from a young age and then you also mentioned how it grew and then how it eventually literally became your job and that passion that you had ended up providing that provision uh what did it look like for you to figure out how to connect that passion and that purpose that you felt to that space of provision what did it look like for you to find ot Knowing that I had a passion for people and a, a certain level of educational gift in sciences, it seemed like a natural marriage at a very young age. So I think that those things were also encouraged from family and other um, external people. But the more that I had the opportunity to explore a lot of those different fields um, or specific careers within the health field, seeing that occupational therapy was such a place that you meet people and help them to live the fullest lives possible, it was extremely clear that that was a space that I needed to step into and that that was a place that I wanted to work and continue to be with people who either experienced a trauma and now their life was changed and they never expected to live in such a different way or whether it was coming alongside of a person who has been going through an illness, an injury, a condition for a long period of time and being able to help them experience even greater freedom. So truly just seeing the ability that people have um, and wanting to step into that and yeah, essentially be a person who opens their eyes to seeing even greater fullness within their lives. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. So you just said a lot right there. So with that, with finding that space and wanting to help people to discover their fullness, can you tell us a little bit about what that heart space looks like? Because all of us may not necessarily operate in the OT realm or um, some of those spaces, but all of us have the ability to get into that heart space where we desire to help those that we encounter daily or those that operate in our life regularly, that we desire to help them find that fullness. So what does it look like for you to get into that heart space? A lot of times I have the tendency to want to be a rescuer. Mm. Uh, I have a tendency to want to be the person who fixes it and makes things better. And the reality is that's not what I'm called to do uh, at, at times. Um, sometimes there is true healing that is so beautiful to be able to experience that. And at times my role is to come alongside and to provide hope, uh, encouragement, love. And so these are spaces within occupational therapy, but also within friendships, within uh, other relationships along coming alongside people that I encounter. And there is a level of being the person who is there to listen, to hear the hardship, the trial, the pain, the suffering that someone is in, to say I'm sorry, um, and to continue to be a listening ear, and helping people to not feel alone in the midst of it as well. Um, my faith is an enormous motivator. Um, and it's the only, I mean, it's the heart of Christ that's been put in me that even empowers me, enables me to want to continue to step into hard places with people. And it's the hope of Christ that I also am able to point people to. And so that comes with a lot of wisdom and a lot of discernment from the Lord in terms of what to share and how to share. 
but there truly is a level of, of resting in the words that he gives for me to say to people in those moments. Man, that's a word in itself. I mean, simply resting in whatever it is that Holy Spirit is leading us to say, whatever it is that that we're supposed to say in that time. And you said it like that wisdom, that discernment, that maturity in him is so important and so vital to operating in those spaces. Uh, can you tell us about a time where you really had to press in to discern, to use that wisdom, um, to tap in, to figure out how you were supposed to handle a situation, whether it be here in your overseas journey or back at home? Yeah. Absolutely. I think of times that I have been with friends, um, even or even just acquaintances. Um, there was a point just a few months ago before I had left the the United States where I was sitting um, over dinner with a couple of friends around the table with two, two other friends at the table. And one person had just opened up a really dark, painful part of their life and their story. And she needed to share it. And the Lord had just opened this, you know, appointment for her to share it with me, um, which is automatically just a demonstration of the Lord leading that. And after she had shared it, my, again, my temptation is to start saying things to correct or fix or make it better. Uh, and I really just sense the Lord pressing on my heart to share how I have a part of my story that really relates to where she was and where she, where she currently is, um, yeah, in this hard part of her life. And so in sharing that piece of my life and then showing that intersection of, but God, where did God intervene in that space? And, you know, how how he worked in my life or opened my eyes and yeah, brought freedom to me through his word, through, through his spirit inside of me. And just having the opportunity to share, this is what God has done for me. Um, so listening, sharing a piece of my testimony, sharing from scripture and sharing what the Lord had done in my life. Um, more recently, I was sitting in a tent with a family who has, who is seeking refuge. So I'm, I'm in Moria refugee camp and I'm sitting in a tent of a family from Afghanistan who is currently seeking refuge and has been here for several months. And they have fled from a place where they were experiencing extreme um, oppression and hardship. And so they're currently living in this tent and having a history of pain and suffering, but their lives right now are also extremely challenging. And so them simply sharing these things with me, again, I want to say, you know, you will leave very, very soon or this will happen next or you can expect these things. And the reality is the Lord wasn't necessarily telling me any of that. Uh, and in those moments, I'm like, Lord, what would you like me to share with these people? What would you want for them to hear? Um, and what he wanted was for me to listen to them, to hug them, to tell them that their family was beautiful, that they were loved and to tell them that I would love to pray for them and pray a blessing over them in their home. So it's different every single time. Um, but that's truly the beauty of being led by the Holy spirit and, and knowing that I can rest in that because sometimes sitting and being still and listening has such a healing and freeing impact. 
wow, JoJo, like, man, that wisdom and discernment and maturity and how you handled that tense situation, the situation with your friend, but also the tense situation um, is truly amazing. And so like the father, like a lot of times we have this desire to fix and that's not what he's telling us to do. He's telling us to remind people that they are loved. He's telling us to remind someone that they are seen. He's telling us to simply remind people that they are noticed and that they matter sometimes it's just that simple but what I found a lot of times especially working in first world context or volunteering in first world context is that a lot of times we especially as Americans and first worlders we have this savior complex where we want to swoop in like a savior and fix everything and the Lord's not always telling us to do that so Joe what advice would you have for someone that you know is in this situation and maybe they see the answer or maybe they've been there or maybe it's like so obvious but the Lord is telling them to be silent what advice would you have for the fixers in all of us when the Lord is saying it's not time yet Wow. The be silent (laughs) that that's strong because it's so true. And sometimes it seems like it doesn't make sense to be silent or be still when again, I, I seem to have the answer, the solution. I think answering your question is recognizing that I am not their savior. Amen. I am not a savior. Mm, Amen. Uh, He has blessed me in many ways. He has been so generous through people who've supported me to bring me to this place. He has allowed me to travel outside of the country for almost a year and to have consistent shelter, consistent food, just constant provision. And yes, giving all of those blessings, I have immense amount of privilege, but that privilege is to step in to the places that he's calling me to step into and point them to who their actual savior is. Mm. So it's this really beautiful relationship that Christ has with us, his people, where he's chosen to use us to share this message, to share this good news, to point people to who their savior is, who eternal hope is, who their Christ Messiah is. That's a good word, Jojo. (laughs) Oh, man. Just like that reminder to constantly point people back to the father is so real. Uh, But it is oftentimes easy to get caught up in those spaces of pride and forget or choose to negate uh, the reality of the fact that like you said, we are not saviors. He is the savior. Uh, so we always have to point uh, back to him. Do you have any uh, examples of how you've done that well, seen it done well, or seen it done not so well, or maybe you've not done it well? Do you have any examples for us? 
Absolutely. I have not done this well all of the time. (laughs) I can think back to it in almost any uh, career, volunteer position, any place, any role that I've ever been in. Um, Recently, I've been serving at Moria Refugee Camp for only a week now and can think of several moments where I have fumbled and failed. And the Lord humbles me very quickly. (laughs) So it's definitely just recognizing there is this immense need for him even in this this call in this role that he has placed me in to bring this message and to point people to hope i still need him even in sharing what this hope is Mm. uh so i don't know what i'm doing all of the time and he reminds me that i don't know what i'm doing all of the time from simply not being very good at a specific job (laughs) and asking the Lord, well, what job am I good at? Or being humble enough to ask to be taught uh, or anything like that. And the same goes for my role as an occupational therapist in the United States. The number of times that I have been clueless about how to help, how to treat a specific impairment, how to complete certain documentation there is time and time again that the lord truly does humble me even in the midst of knowing that this is something that he's called me to um so there is this that there's that reminder of that true desperation and need that i have for him every single day even though he does give us this beautiful job this role this opportunity to serve him in bringing the message of the good news. Amen. Again, let us pass the collection plate for Pastor Jojo. Girl, listen, you are out here just dropping so much wisdom. So I have another question for you. Let's say we have a listener who's listening to this and they're like, holy crap, I have a savior complex. What advice do you have for them? How, how can they uh, practically begin um, walking in spaces of humility? I would say it may be very likely that someone who has a savior complex has experienced things similar to me where there is time and opportunity and time again where there is a humbling process that happens. And I personally have found that the, the quicker that I am to humble myself, the quicker the Lord opens my eyes to who he is and to who I am. Yes, and in that, in that I come back to that recognition of being incapable of doing anything apart from the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. So for someone who has a savior complex, quote unquote, if they're recognizing that about themselves, Coming back to the heart of Christ, coming back to scripture and the character of God can quickly transform that perception of self. Yeah. And recognizing who who they serve um, and who they belong to. Amen and amen again. Uh, Yes, man. Finding those spaces of humility and being reminded of who we serve and um, the reality that we simply strive to operate in obedience to him in all spaces, doing everything unto his glory is so real. Just that remembrance of it's not me, it's him. And man, getting the honor to 
operate in those spaces both here and back at home has been so amazing. Um, and then getting to meet amazing people like Joel in these spaces has also been crazy amazing. So Jojo, we've talked about a lot of things <laughs> during this episode. We've talked about OT. We've talked about your travels. We've talked about fixing things. We've talked about savior complex. We've talked about humility. We have talked about so much. There have been so many words of wisdom and nuggets of knowledge if there is one thing that you want the listeners to take away from this, what would that one thing be? My advice would be recognizing that you were created with identity and you were created with purpose. And we have this gift, this life, this opportunity to dive into that and to pursue pursuing Jesus recognizing that he's planted that in you and as a part of chasing after him you can walk fearlessly and boldly knowing your identity and knowing this purpose and this calling so my encouragement is to pursue Christ in those things yeah because there is so much joy there and so much life there and so much knowing who God is more there. So truly that, that is, that's my advice. That's my encouragement that there's so much joy to live a life of knowing who you are and knowing purpose. Man, identity and purpose, two amazing points to leave the listeners with well jojo i want to thank you for joining us on table talk today thank you for having me of course of course we will have to do this again i know we have some more topics to discuss and table talk fam i want to thank you so much for taking a moment to indulge in a taste at the table mm -hmm.